Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's Candice and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we're in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, we don't. But we are trying to figure it out little by little, week by week. And do you know where we've been having a blast figuring out some new fun life direction? our patreon page that's right you guys so we have a patreon page candace and i are having so much fun doing this we have really wonderful patrons who we love so much and have been messaging us asking all the questions that candace and i provide answers to and we have some shout outs to give here we go misha divine you rock cat Seamus, love you angelina castillo jason borges Lindsay sperling emily geller thank you guys so much for being our $15 a month road trippers. If you're listening and you're like, hey guys, what is Patreon? Well, let us tell you. All you got to do is go to patreon.com, search Directionally Challenged Podcast. And for $5 a month, you can 
participate in supporting this female-run podcast, Keep It Going, and you get access to weekly bonus episodes. Yeah, Kayla and I have been recording bonus episodes, sometimes late at night when all the kids and babes are asleep and all the husbands are gone doing their own thing. Uh, I'm still pregnant over here, so I'm not drinking wine, but Kayla will ha- may have a cocktail or a glass of wine in hand. And Maybe. we are just <laughs> talking about what's going on in life and we're answering your questions. So if you are a Patreon member, you get to message us and we're going to give you our best or silliest advice that we can. And we're building a really fun kind of podcasting community there. And one of the things we've been talking about is all the TV we've been watching while in quarantine. And a show that came up recently was The Vow. The Vow is a nine-part miniseries on HBO, and it's essentially giving you an inside look into Nexium, which is one of the cults that we are going to talk about today. That's right. You heard me. We are talking about cults. I know you just got excited, about as excited as Candace and I got when we figured out we wanted to do an episode on this. Today, we are going to sit down with Rachel Bernstein. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as an educator. She's been working with former cult members and their loved ones since 1991. She has a private practice in Los Angeles and also runs a weekly former cult members support group in her office, not to mention she has an awesome podcast called Indoctrination. She is fascinating. Our conversation with her is awesome. We're so excited. Yeah, we realize that a lot of the things that we've watched on TV that we find ourselves, you know, binge watching or talking about the next day at dinners or what, you know, back in the time when we actually all got together and had dinners without the concern of our safety or health. Um, but I don't know if you guys were watching or big fans of Wild Wild Country with the Rajneesh followers, but Kayla, you and I both talked at length about that. We also, I remember watching the Waco series not too long ago um, with the cult leader, David Koresh. You know, there's Jim Jones. There's a documentary on the People's Temple, which is so tragic, um, where 900 people died in the Jonestown settlement after he instructed his followers to drink cyanide-laced flavor like Kool-Aid essentially, where that's why you might hear like, oh, they're not drinking the Kool-Aid, are they? You know, it's kind of like a cult reference because that really happened and it's scary and cults are scary and they're real and they reveal themselves in a whole bunch of different ways now. So that's why we really wanted to have this more in-depth conversation about what is a cult, what are the warning signs and what does recovery look like? That's right. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Rachel Bernstein. And we are here with Rachel Bernstein. Rachel, we're so honored that you're here to have this discussion with us today. Um, everyone is fascinated by cults. We, Mike Candace and myself included. And one thing that's so interesting about them is, you know, most cults insist they're not cults and nobody in them realizes that they're in one. So can you define for us, let's start from the beginning, what is a cult? Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I actually I tell people one of the first clues that you're in a cult is when you walk in and they say, we're not a cult. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, now I know you are because I didn't. Even Red flag. Uh, exactly. Just protest too much. <laughs> a little, perhaps. Uh, so uh, one of the definitions, and you're going to see and hear some similarities with kind of fundamentalist 
branches of religions, but there are also some departures. So it's when you have unquestioning devotion and belief and following of the leader and of the teachings and that if you question it, you're put on the hot seat, you're the one who has something wrong with you, you're the one who's going against God or whatever else. And really all that's happening there is the leader who's more typically a narcissist just can't handle being questioned. Uh, and then the other part is that the rules only apply to you as the follower. So the leader can get away with doing whatever it is that he or she wants and, uh, you know, they can have many partners and you need to be celibate or you need to, you know, sleep on the mat on the floor and they have five homes. And somehow it all makes sense within the group. The other thing is that it becomes your entire life. So when people go and get involved in things, they, they don't realize that they're going to have to give up their family, their friends, their belief system, their path. They're also going to have to kind of give up the way they think, their sense of self, their moral code. It all changes. And the way they speak also becomes like cult member and matches the people in the cult. And then the last thing that I think is really important, and this is where there is a departure typically from kind of fundamentalist religions, is that you have this deception that is rampant from the first moment you walk in, because usually you get in through a front organization, you have no idea it might be a church, you have no idea it might be a cult. Uh, and even when you're there, as you know, you were talking about, the people who know the least amount of true information about the group they're in are the people in it, because you're kept from accessing the internet and you're kept from talking to people who have left. So your blinders are on from the moment you step in the door. Mm. I like that you bring up uh, religion because a lot of people who maybe don't go to church very often could feel like that that even just going to church once a week or whatever religious practices that they generally have, that that feels extreme. But th this is a completely different realm. This is not like, is that something that you kind of that gets brought up to you a lot of like, well, then what's the difference between, you know, religion and cults? Um, because there are a lot of parallels when you start talking about the extreme cults that have existed, mm -hmm. and how I think that they rope in a lot of their followers per se. Yes, right. So, uh, for example, if I wanted to be able to, um, become orthodox but i'm jewish so if i wanted to become orthodox i would go to the orthodox community or a rabbi and say tell me what i need to do and they would let me know what the expectations are how i'm supposed to dress and what i'm supposed to eat or not eat etc cetera, etc cetera. within a cult you're never given the information ahead of time so you can't make a fully educated decision about what you're getting involved in or what you're getting further involved in so there's that piece that's i think very very important and that, yes, there are people who have gotten involved in groups and have said years later, I had no idea it was fill in the blank. I had no idea it was a church. So that doesn't happen, you know, in mainline churches. Uh, the other part is that there's no governing body that is watching over what's happening there. They have an internal governing body, but cults operate independently. And so there isn't an ethics board and there isn't somebody to complain to. There's no safety net 
And if you're having something that's bad that's happening to you there, which very often happens in cults, they'll just keep the, the focus in-house. So you just talk to someone there. But there's no one, again, watching over what the leader is doing. And the leader knows that. And they completely take advantage of it. Wow. You speak so often about um, manipulation and cults. And I'm wondering what, is there a difference between a cult leader and a manipulator? Obviously, a cult leader does manipulate, but is there a difference between the two? Right. So there's a lot of overlap between cult leaders and manipulators because basically that is what they do. There are people who, and it's on a kind of more rare occasion, who do end up running things that are cults and their intention is not to manipulate. They just happen to have sort of psychoses or really out there kind of thinking. And they connect with others who have that same kind of out there thinking. And they're just inviting them into their psychosis, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's a diagnosis called folia de, which is shared psychotic disorder. And so some cults are that way. Doesn't mean they're any less dangerous. I still try to track them if I can. But by and large, you have a leader who knows that they're Pied Pipers, who knows that people will follow them, who knows they're charismatic, and they learn how to manipulate people, and they learn how to do it sometimes from other cult leaders or from um, political leaders and people who were running re-education camps. Um, What a cult leader does, though, that is different than if you're in kind of a one-on-one cult, which I sometimes call very controlling relationships, or if you're with a narcissist, it feels like a cult. Cult leaders use not only human psychology, but social psychology. So they have a way for you to feel really entrapped because they will use the system, the other group members to Mm. control you. Cult leaders often usually set a ball in motion and then they sit back and just sort of watch things happen. They watch what they've set in place. So they watch the other people rat out others because you get more points if you go and tell on people in the group. They watch people keep each other kind of um, in check. They will pick fights with each other. It's like the mean girl thing. Like they'll have people fight each other. And cult leaders do that all the time. And it just exhausts you as the member. And you don't know why it's so dramatic all the time and why you're always having to get yourself out of a fight. And cult leaders will sit back and love it. They'll love it because they know they're keeping your focus on trying to make things right within the cult as opposed to giving you one second to sit back and say, why am I doing this at all? What's the point? Historically, there's been a lot of cults that do have that religious aspect to it, um, stemming from this, the actual cult leader, you know, with David Koresh, you know, the Waco, um, the children of God. Right. Uh, but then I feel like recently what we're starting to see or what I've seen at least in um, in different documentaries and just news articles about more current cults is that there's a huge element of self-help that that's become this new like buzzword um to to just be aware of have you seen that as well that that's kind of become a new in of like come here you know specifically with watching the vow it's you know this program where people come to better themselves and to better their lives um and that seems to be kind of a new, 
blanket, you know, presentation of mm-hmm. this group gathering. Yeah. So it, it's big business when you can yeah. get people to come in under the guise of being able to help them be more fully realized, whatever that means, right? or feel more free or be more self-actualized. You know, they usually promise you things that are these invisible, undefinable things so that you never actually know if you're there and they can convince you you're not there yet because they have another class and another workshop to help you get closer to that. Because yeah. uh, if someone set, you know, this sort of goal, if I were in a race, but the finish line was invisible, I would never know if I got there. I would be dependent on other people to tell me. And cult leaders use people for business a lot of the time. So they're going to keep pushing the finish line out farther and farther. Uh, But I think that when people get involved in these groups, the thing that is such a crime, among other things, is that they're going to be told that they're going to be more independent than ever before. Truth is, they're never actually going to be less independent. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to have groupthink. They're going to have to report back to each other. Everything is going to be where they have to notify people. People are ratting them out. They're not at all. They were much more independent outside, much more free outside. And I think also there are a lot of groups and a lot of multi-level marketing groups that are billed as sort of women's empowerment. And uh, it just takes away your power from, again, the moment that you buy into it. Is there a certain type of person that cult leaders or cults go after that typically buys into it easier? So cult leaders do very much like narcissists set their sights on certain personalities. And sometimes they don't know that you have that kind of personality until they test you to see, and you don't know you're being tested. One of the things that, uh, that I talk about is that I had a client years ago who said, I'm a narcissist, and I know that I do this to people, and I think I want to get some help. Didn't last very long because he wanted to get help, but then he didn't. <laughs> it was sort of working for him too well. <laughs> but he said that he would sometimes on purpose bump into people to see if they apologize to him. And if they apologized to him, he knew he could control them because they took responsibility for something that was his fault. Okay, side note, I totally apologize when people bump into me. So this is very (laughs) hard to hear. Right? Okay, sorry. Right, but I do too because we're socialized to, if we've made contact with someone and we might have injured them, we say we're sorry. Cult leaders and narcissists never apologize. And so they love when other people will take responsibility. They love if they can take it off themselves and put it on you. So they're watching those sorts of things. And again, you don't know that you're being tested when you walk in. So they're looking for people who are accommodating, people who are forgiving, people who can kind of be pushed, like people who said, I'm just going to come to one meeting, but at the end, they can kind of be cajoled into coming to the next one, then they know they have you. They do it in steps. Like no one goes and joins a cult. They go to a Bible study or they sign up for a meeting or they buy a product and then they get you in stages to say yes to more and more things. What I think is also important is that there's some wonderful qualities that cult leaders are looking for. They're looking for people who make the cult look good, who can do PR for them, 
who are bright, who are going to absorb all the information, who can memorize it and start talking, like, you know, talk a good line. And people who are good and idealistic and want to better themselves, all these great qualities. And unfortunately, they can be taken advantage of. But sometimes also, it's not just so much what the person is like, but when the recruitment happens that makes them vulnerable because they may have just recently been out of a relationship or recently moved to a new place or recently been diagnosed with something. So they were much more susceptible to that recruitment in that moment. We saw that with The Vow. And with and when, whenever I reference The Vow, it's a show on HBO Max right now that dives deeper into um, Nexium and ESP, which stands for Executive Success Programs. Keith Ranieri, who was the leader of that um, group <laughs> uh, is essentially on trial or going to be tried at this point. Uh, but that's kind of what spurred on this conversation, as we said earlier in this podcast. Now, that group, especially with ESPM, ESP and Nexium, were very adamant about attracting um, larger names and celebrities because you're right, it makes you look good mm-hmm. and it makes the organization then look um, legit. And, and that, oh my gosh, if this person who I've seen in this movie or this TV show or I've seen online who's very famous is taking this advice, maybe that can be me if I pay all this money to attend this event. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is interesting is that right now there are organizations and there are um, weak getaways per se where people spend a lot of money and they show up and there's a lot of celebrities there and they don't really know that these celebrities might be just uh, hanging out for free, that they're not paying all this money to get this advice and to come back for each program after program after program. Uh, Do you feel like this is a tool that gets abused even from other organizations that um, exist right now? Do you see that often? Yeah, so it is such a coup for a cult to get a big name. Uh, Even if, as you're saying, they were just invited for the weekend um, or they were invited to be a guest speaker or they were paid to be a guest speaker. Um, And then it does add legitimacy, just like famous people who suddenly speak before Congress about something, whether they you know, know anything about it at all, people listen. And so I think there is this star factor. Uh, That's why, you know, Scientology has its celebrity center. It's very focused on getting famous names to do PR for them. And what people don't realize is that the people who are doing this great PR for these groups are not at all treated, typically, the way other people are treated in this group. Usually the the members need to kind of fawn over or do free labor for the people who are famous. So when you have someone who's a big name saying, this group has only been great to me, it's probably true. Uh, Mm. And they've made sure of it. And they've kept a lot of the abuses hidden from them so that they stay for longer. I mean, it's also fascinating, right? Like we have, there's so much fascination around cults and how they begin and continue and like attract different types of people. Um, Do you have a cult that you're most fascinated by? Uh, Wow. There have been so many over the years. Uh, (laughs) There's so many good ones. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's so many really good ones. And by good, we mean awful. Um, right, obviously. Yeah. Thank right. you. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, which is actually what cults do, by the way. They change things to be the opposite. The people they tell you you can trust in the group are the ones you should trust the least. And the people outside who are trying to rescue you, they tell you not to trust them and not to listen to them. So everything is opposite day. Uh, it's opposite day every day in a cult. Right, um, right. I mean, why are we all so fascinated by these cults? So, right. I mean, every once in a while, when we, you ask me about like my favorite, uh, every once in a while we hear about them in the news. I mean, groups like Nexium, groups like uh, Heaven's Gate, um, the ones where there are people who are being harmed, people who are being murdered, um, people who are running kind of sex rings or, you know, like with the children of God. I mean, it's just quite awful what happens in these groups. So those are the ones that you know, kind of float to the surface when I, I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of calls about Scientology, a lot about children who've got a lot about Nexium. Um, also people who were raised on compounds and FLDS, polygamous compounds. Um, and so I think we're interested in them because they are um, these, like, mm, it's like entering a different planet. Like there all these sort of subplanets exist on our planet. These groupings that have their own social rules and their own language sometimes, and what they consider to be okay is not really okay in the world outside, and that people get consumed by it and get changed by it, very much like a lot of the conspiratorial groups now and the QAnons and a lot of groups where it just changes your personality. Um, but I think that people are also fascinated because they haven't met people like cult leaders and they think they haven't met people who have been involved in a cult, although usually they have, just that people who have been involved in cults don't usually announce it. Um, and I think also people think that it's never going to happen to them. So they kind of in a voyeuristic way are looking at something that would never happen to them. But usually the people who think it's never going to happen to them are the ones who are susceptible because they uh, have lowered their defenses because they think they're above it or too smart for it. I always have this idea that exactly, I would never be susceptible to being in a cult. How do they not know that they're in a cult? And yet I found myself in a verbally abusive relationship with a narcissist for way too long. And, and, and realize it wasn't until someone was like, it's time to leave now. Like you, I was, and he had affected all the people around me as well. So whenever I'd say, hey, these things are being said to me on a regular basis. Hey, this happened over the weekend and it was really scary that they would say, oh, well, he just loves you so much. Well, he just, you know, and and so it's funny that I can watch something, a docuseries, or I can read an article about a cult and then be like, that would never happen to me. But I was totally under the spell of a narcissist. And so I think you're right. I think sometimes we also don't realize that narcissists exist all over the world. They're not just like leading cults everywhere. Mm -hmm. Do you find that with a lot of, um, of the patients that you see for therapy as well? A lot of parallels in, within those realms. Yeah. And so that's why now I have a lot of people in my practice who uh, have been in relationships with narcissists or raised by them um, mm. uh, or were working for them. And then, you know, their job had to become their entire life. Whenever you're in a situation where someone goes into your life with this intention 
to have you be in service to them. They don't care about yourself. They don't care about what you need. And they don't care about who else is in your life because everyone is less important. They will start to plan things during times that would normally be family time, similar to what cults do. They have their workshops on Christmas and they do that on purpose. Uh, they want to see, they want to test your allegiance and you want to not fail their test. And so, mm. yeah, there are a lot of people who will try to go after people and control them. And people in those situations don't realize that that's what they're dealing with because there's something about being a nice person or an accommodating person that makes you click into how do I keep this person happy with me as opposed to why is this person doing this to me and do I deserve this? And so narcissists are very good at starting very slowly and breaking you down and just making you feel a certain way about yourself. But it is also true that a lot of people will justify their behavior. And sometimes friends give you great advice and sometimes they give you terrible advice. And uh, like, you know, he just really loves you. And that's why he's checking on you every 12 seconds. Yeah. Um, and so, right? Uh, yeah. So it's very hard. Also, narcissists and cult leaders play with your head by redirecting. So all the things they're guilty of doing, they accuse you of doing. And they, yes. everything they are, they accuse you of being. Hmm. So yeah. you're on the witness stand all the time, even though they're the ones who are lying to you. Huh. And it's very hard because you think, am I not trustworthy? Have I done something wrong? And people who have a conscience look inward and narcissists know that. So they can buy themselves a lot of time and a lot of bad behavior by having you look inward. Um, but a lot of people will say to me, I, how do I know that I'm with someone who's a, who's a narcissist? I get a feeling, but I don't know. And I'll say, you know, write a list of all the things that they've accused you of being and doing that you're kind of sure you are not. And you just then diagnosed them. That's a list of who they are. And that's a list of what they're doing. Wow. That's great. So how do we protect ourselves from systems of control like that? Hmm. Okay, right. So uh, first of all, you want to know what to watch out for. So you want to study it. Uh, I mean, just like cult leaders study it. Uh, they study it so they can do it because they don't have the conscience that would stop them. Um, but you want to learn about mind control and you want to learn about techniques. You want to also learn not only from a relational model, but from a business model. There's a man named, uh, his last name is Cialdini, Robert Cialdini. He wrote a book that was about influence, but from a business model. And he has these techniques of influence. All of them are used in cults. And so uh, I think it's good just to learn about it, but also to know that sometimes your first clue that something is off is that you get a feeling. You might mm -hmm. not be able to put it into words, right? You can't say, oh, that's, you know, oh, he's experiencing a narcissistic injury. That's not going to be in your mind, but you'll just get this feeling like, why is it that I always feel like I've done something wrong? Notice patterns, notice the feelings, and notice how many times, too, that you either let yourself be talked out of or you talk yourself out of following your own inner voice. Because your inner voice, the thoughts you're having, your critical thinking are the things that threaten a cult and threaten a narcissistic partner the most. 
because they know how powerful they are. So they try to get you to not trust yourself and not trust your own interpretations. But please, please, please do. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. 
with so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. And we're back. I think the saddest part about seeing someone in a documentary or reading about their story in an article who has survived a cult and who's left a cult is how much time of their life was given away and that they know that they won't necessarily get back. And even though you, you hear like all these moments that were really positive in their eyes, um, cause you never want to look back and think like, wow, I just wasted a decade of my life where I shut out everyone that was important to me. I gave up my entire life, my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is in actuality what happened. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest thing when you're sitting down, um, with your clients who you are working with, uh, in recovery, what is the hardest thing for them in within their recovery of surviving a cult to work on? Right. So it, I'm really glad you brought up the, the losses. Yes, there is a loss of time. There are also the losses of what it was supposed to be, uh, Mm. of the promises of the life you were supposed to have, the, the things you gave up in order to have that life, uh, the relationships you gave up for these other friendships that turned out to be wildly conditional. And you didn't realize that at the time they were going to drop you, but also, um, the, the loss of self-confidence because cults will just tear you down so that you can't trust yourself. And that's the thing that seems to be very hard for people that they can't trust themselves anymore, or at least not temporarily. They also are not quite sure who they are because the cult gave them another persona and made things okay that really weren't okay. And they also sometimes don't know that what happened to them was abuse because cults use a lot of other words for abuse so they can get away with it. Um, and they'll say that it's a correction for you, or they'll say it's a way to help you grow. And so people sometimes don't realize just how abused they've been. And that's very hard, um, for them to realize. And then I think also a big issue is being out of sync. And that's why to help families and friends intervene as quickly as possible, because I don't want people out there to feel out of sync that, yeah, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years went by. And they didn't develop a life. And now they feel like it's too late. And by the way, it's never too late, but it does feel that way. And you can feel hopeless, especially when you're out there not trusting yourself and also not knowing whom to trust because you trusted the wrong people before. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting about cults is we watch these documentaries and we see it's almost seems like it's a physical thing. You go to, you know, the Nexium executive success program. And, but nowadays it doesn't just exist in the physical world. There is a huge online presence. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many gurus that have massive followings um, that could be potential threats. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like, you know, you can 
put on a YouTube video and then it suggests another one and then it suggests another one and suddenly you're down a deeper wormhole mm-hmm. and you're beginning to change your belief system without even knowing it. Uh, how do we handle a problem of this magnitude that's so difficult to even track in the beginning? Right. So handling it, I mean, you know, it's a hard thing because people are using the internet um, for for good and for bad. You know, a lot of people are getting really good, valuable information about the group that they're in or the group that their loved one is in that they mm-hmm. didn't have access to before. So kudos to the internet for that. On the other hand, <laughs> there are thousands and thousands of people who recruit people on the internet um, from extremism to conspiratorial thinking to cults to all of it. And so there isn't a way necessarily to stop it as much as what you really want to do is inoculate people so that they'll say, oh, right, I recognize that technique or hmm, someone who's so spiritual but seems to be backlit. Uh, you know, maybe they're not so spiritual. Uh, so to know the signs that someone is a fake uh, mm-hmm. and that if someone says, I have all the answers, you don't need to go anywhere else. Um, you need to leave them. If you feel something right away, if they know how to get you to feel something, to feel scared about something happening in the world, or to feel relief that you finally found them, or to feel kind of a high by listening to them, that's all manufactured. And it shouldn't be that it triggers an emotion so quickly. And if it does, then you know that you're being played and you know you're being preyed on. And that's the time you actually have to turn off the computer or your phone and breathe and take a break and do some research about that group. People really know how to get people's attention now. And they know how to use people's fear also to get attention. And, um, and you're right. One site s- sends you a link to another and a hyperlink to this. And yeah, you can just go down and it gives you a community. Mm-hmm. Because all these people writing in and saying, oh, you're the best and this is wonderful. And, you know, so it pierces isolation. And it's much more important, I think, to meet with people in real time than to have a whole community on the Internet of people you've never met. Right. It is so unfortunate because you want to believe that you can go and seek out a community of people that, you know, it, to in an effort to better yourself, that you can get great advice, that you could join, you know, a weekend program and travel and have this great experience and walk out a more enlightened version of yourself in the sense of that you have a clear idea of what your goals are and, and how to accomplish them. And, and so you know, Kayla and I, part of the reason why we started this podcast is because we also both really enjoy self-help and we like to talk to experts on subjects that interest us. Um, but this, I, I feel like there is, especially nowadays, um, people are spending so much money for enlightenment. Like you said at the beginning of our discussion, that it is a booming business. Mm-hmm. How can we enjoy this journey of trying to better ourselves where it's like something more than just like maybe a yoga or meditation class, but -hmm. something less than, oh my gosh, I'm paying $5,000 and being screamed at and like what's happening? (laughs) Like where's the middle ground? Okay. Is there one? There is a middle ground, right? Uh, Yeah, there is. Thank goodness. Uh, Okay. So, and truth 
thankfully the middle ground sometimes is not as sexy, you know, like you're not going to be getting this kind of amazing high or that intensity of feeling, even if it's being screamed at, you're not going to have this rush of adrenaline. And it's similar to when you get attracted to someone who just sends you on this road where you get enamored with them right away. You need to take a step back because, you know, kind of, you feel like at some point it's not going to be even, it's not going to be healthy. You're not going to be able to take your time in kind of approaching it more, getting more involved. It's going to want you to be involved right away, just like certain people who want you to get connected and, and have this promise to them right away that you'll be with them. So what you want to really watch out for so you can find this middle ground is that you do want to be able to improve whatever it is that you want to improve about yourself, which is always a good pursuit. Um, but you also want to be careful when people start giving you other things that you suddenly have to improve about yourself that you thought were actually okay. Because mm. what they're doing is they're just keeping more business. They're just giving you other things. It's like walking into a dermatologist's office that also does, you know, plastic surgery. And they'll say, have you also thought about getting that fixed? You know, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and so I think also <laughs> if there is... Um, there is someone who says, listen, I have some information for you. I'm not the only one source of this information, but I am one of many who practices this or who can teach you that. That's someone you can trust because they don't need to be the only. I think also if they offer you something magical and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if that can actually happen in one day that, you know, I'll be cured of such and such, you know, you want to run for the hills. If there is nothing that you can measure and prove about the promises that they're making. And also you want to test them just like they're testing you. You want to see how they handle if you say no, or maybe, or I don't know if I agree because a healthy group and a healthy person will say, well, that's fine. You can have your opinion and you also don't need to come back and you don't need to buy this. Take your time, do your research. If they value you and your opinion, and if they respect the fact that you can have your critical thinking and they want to make sure that you uphold that, then there's a safe person to get involved with. Yeah. Because this idea that, well, if you don't get it, you're not committed, right? Like you have you, we need your full commitment. Like mm -hmm. that, that is that, should that be a warning sign yes. more often than not? Yes. And, and not like in a, in a spin class for 45 minutes, mind you, <laughs> which, you know, that's a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. But like when you're walking into a self-improvement, you know, seminar and there's a list of things and things you're being told to do and all of a sudden mm -hmm. come back next time and you have to be fully committed. That's the only right. way. Right. So if you have to make a commitment before you've had a chance to go home and talk to people who have maybe gotten involved and maybe have left because they'll have some stories to share. Uh, if you have to sign off on things, if you go in person now, and a lot of people are doing things online. And so these are, things are probably happening online. If they want you to sign a lot of forms that are agreements that you're going to keep coming back or that you're going to buy a certain amount of products, 
usually within those forms that you might not realize are non-disclosure agreements. And so you are signing your rights away to be able to ever do something legally to that group. So you want to be very careful of things you need to sign up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a group that's fraudulent is never done with you. So they'll say, oh, it's a six-week course. And then if you say what happens when we graduate and they say, oh, you just graduate to the next level, that's when you want to go because that means they are never going to be finished and a graduation isn't a graduation. Um, But I think, yeah, if they also say to you that if you say no, then you are saying you're never going to be happy. You will never have success. You're playing the victim. You know, they diagnose you right away just because they don't want to hear no then that's also the time for you to leave um, because they're letting you know they're not going to let you have any freedom once you get involved. Speaking of leaving, let's talk a little bit about what cult recovery looks like for a victim. So someone has been in a cult, they finally get their way out. They find their way to you to help guide them. I mean, it seems like they're, that's such mm-hmm. a, a massive life change. What does that look like? Well, honestly, it looks like a lot of bravery. People a lot of credit that they want to start addressing this. A lot of people will say to me, I hear this almost 90% of the time when I say, so, you know, I'm glad we're having a chance to talk today. Where do you want to start? They will almost always say, I have no idea where to begin. Because they don't know how to describe what happened to them. They just know that it was awful. They know they didn't feel like themselves anymore. They know they weren't behaving like themselves. They know they let things happen to them, even though they were manipulated to let things happen to them. They don't know how they got sucked in. They don't know how. They don't know why so much time passed. They don't know why they treated their family and friends so awfully just because they were told to. There's so much that they're not getting just a battled expert. (laughs) Um, uh, It's like being in a relationship with a narcissist. You know what you're feeling, but you don't know that's what you're dealing with. And so uh, it takes a lot of bravery just to get into talking about it. And also because a lot of people who have left these kinds of groups who have tried to talk to people about it, have been met with judgment and, you know, have been told like that's actually happened to you or why would you let that happen to you? Or why did you stay so long? And so people have already been shot down and shamed. So again, I give them a lot of credit for just wanting to talk. But what I think people need is they need to have their uh, story believed. And if I know about that group, of course, I'm going to believe their story, even if it sounds crazy, because I know those are the beliefs. I know that's written down, that's codified. And they were taught about the mothership. They didn't make that up. They're not psychotic. Uh, And so it helps, they say, for me to be someone who's just shaking my head. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I know. You know, because that wasn't the reaction they got from other people. Right. And then getting cult education to know what happened to you, what that technique is called, and why the leader needed to treat you that way, why the leader needed for you to not trust yourself or use your critical thinking, why the leader needed for you to feel like you were a bad person, how that worked for him or how that worked for her. And then reconnecting, 
reconnecting with family and friends so that you're not so isolated because you've left a cult. A lot of people who are isolated go back to a cult because even though they were abused, that's the only community they have. The only understanding, the only people around them who say, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that's what's been so interesting to watch and specifically the docu-series um, on Nexium because and ESP, the idea that, of course, watching it, it's like, wait, so you got to do all these things to get different levels for these cheap satin sashes that everyone's wearing around your neck. You have to do a secret handshake when you greet people. Someone's called Vanguard. You have to play volleyball at two in the morning. Like, what is up with the volleyball? Can I just say, like, out of all the things, (laughs) like, what is up with the volleyball? (laughs) I mean, and then on a more serious note, (laughs) the fact that, you know, it led to an even subcult where women were quote unquote voluntarily branded and when you use the word voluntarily you're skipping out on oh no they were held down and they were in a basement this was not like at a tattoo parlor this was not in daylight you know it's just you see all these things and you see all these you know the fact that you have to kiss the guru on the mouth so openly every time you see him and it's so easy to say like how could you not see that all these things did not make sense or were weird or were off um, and just not appropriate. But -hmm. when you're in it and everyone else is doing it, and this is not just a group of like 20 people, this is thousands of people, tens Mm -hmm. of thousands of people in different countries, in different states. Um, It had grown to that magnitude. You realize, oh, no, like that's all you're surrounded by. And that should be a huge warning signal as well is when you realize everyone around you is with, is involved with the exact same methodology, essentially. Right. Should that be a warning? Should that be a red flag? It should always be a red flag. Uh, And yeah, why the volleyball? I mean, I think, (laughs) you know, it really, it actually could have been anything like fill in the blank. Why the anything? Uh, But it was probably because he was good at it and he could show his prowess and he's a child and he needed to show off, but also that he could stay up all night and he could also test people to see if they could also stay up all night. Uh, Geez, I didn't even think about that element. Yeah, it's like at two in the morning, And then he'd have all these like sessions afterwards. It's like when people are tired and you're not thinking clearly and you're like, you know, you're right. You're vulnerable. And, and he would have people go do things the next day with other instructors and other people. And he was sleeping and you didn't know that. And that's why he came back refreshed that night, but he was like sleeping all day. So, and you weren't. Um, And so I think what happens, again, going back to the social psychology of it, you don't want to be the only one in the room who seems to not be getting it. Uh, Because a lot of cults also will publicly shame you. If you don't seem happy like everyone else seems happy, if you don't seem to be understanding what's going on, if something's making you cry and you're supposed to be tougher than that, you'll very often be called out in front of everyone And everyone then is supposed to berate you. Uh, And so a lot of people, and this is really important, especially if anyone is listening right now who has a family member who's involved in a cult where they they seem really happy and fine, or people listening who are in cults and they've been able to sneak off and watch this or listen to this, um, you are not the only one in the room who is not getting it. 
and you are not the only one in the room and your loved one's not the only one in the room who is unhappy, but is faking being happy. There are so many people who will say to me, I was unhappy for years before I left, but I couldn't let on because I knew what would happen to me. So typically in a room like that, you're going to have a huge percentage of people who are thinking, this doesn't make the least bit of sense. And I'm exhausted. And I kind of, this guy gives me the creeps, but everyone else seems to be happy and I'm going to smile too. And so there, there's a lot of acting. And so it's really good to remember that. Again, you're, you are never the lone voice, even in your head. Other people are feeling exactly the way you are. As a family member, for anyone listening to the podcast that knows someone that's in a cult or what is, what is the first step? How do we even contact them? How do they go about trying to rescue their loved one? Right. I mean, there are some situations that are really difficult where families don't even know where their loved ones are. I mean, you know, then you have kind of the, uh, this kind of aggravated loss where you haven't, they haven't died, but you know, they're out there somewhere and they've cut off from you and they won't tell you where they're living. And the cult leader is really keeping them away from you. So you, it's like a missing person kind of loss. Mm -hmm. It's really horrible. Uh, and sometimes you can get a PI to track down your loved one and potentially, if they're good at it, make some sort of contact. And I work with a lot of PIs who will kind of, who know about cults, who know these situations are a little different and will handle it in a different way. So not all hope is lost necessarily if you don't have contact with your child. But if you do have the ability to make contact, then you want to be able to not tell them that they're in a cult. You don't want to criticize any of it. You want to give them a safe space to be able to tell you why this is the best thing, even if you know it's not, even if they might not even believing that it's the best thing. And you give them a chance to just be the experts and try to convince you. And you can listen to that for a long time until they know you're a safe person to talk to. And then slowly but surely say something like, you know, it's interesting. I was just wondering, a couple of things that you mentioned, you know, it seemed like this happened, but then there was also this. There are always contradictions in cults, by the way, always. Mm. Um, within a cult, you're, you're supposed to ignore them uh, or they're explained away. But you can sort of gently point out you know, it seems like they really care about you so much. But, you know, when you had this medical issue, you weren't allowed to go see a doctor. So I'm just kind of wondering about that. They don't need to answer. They don't need to kind of come up with a justification. But you want to plant these seeds that maybe these people don't really care about you, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And so there are ways to craft those kinds of conversations that feel safe and that feel like you're just wondering out loud, but they have been crafted to be able to make an impact. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us today. And, and also, if our listeners want to hear more about uh, cults or, you know, a deeper dive into historically the way that cults have been run or cults of yesteryear, they can obviously listen to your podcast, Indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for all that 
wonderful, informative facts that you gave today. And also for anyone who is struggling, who's been a victim of a cult or a family member who's trying to rescue someone that they care about. It's been incredibly insightful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for covering this subject. It's so important. Yeah, it really is so important. Where can people find you on? Do you have social media? Yeah. So um, under the podcast name, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter and also Rachel Bernstein LMFT on Twitter and my Facebook pages for my professional page and the indoctrination show. Um, And people can also email me at Bernstein LMFT, that's my license, at gmail.com or check out my website, uh, rachelbernsteintherapy.com. Uh, but yeah, now with the podcast, I'm on social media on a lot of different platforms and SoundCloud, NPR, a lot of places. And it's been really good um, to be a part of it. It's a public service that I'm providing for as long as I can. Uh, and um, some people say that they do sneak off to listen to it as empowerment, which makes me very happy. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so honored. Thank you so much. It's so important to have these conversations because so easily we can think, oh, it's just kind of a topic we like talking about every once in a while. And then we realize it's not just on TV. It's happening in real life. And this is a serious matter. And I'm so happy that Rachel donates her time with her podcast and has clients that she helps coach through this because it is a real deal. And people are victims in these crazy cult scenarios. And one thing I'm so struck by is how easily someone can find themselves in a situation like this, how they are basically created for that sole purpose to reel people in bits at a time. And then suddenly they find themselves in a full-blown cult and they don't know how to get out. Yeah. They don't know how to get out. And the fact that this parallels as well with um, anyone who's in an abusive relationship with a narcissist, or, you know, I know Rachel mentioned any children of narcissists and how if you're listening to this and you are hearing things that sound familiar where you're like, well, I'm not in a cult, but but all these things are ringing true for me. That's really important to pay attention to. Not to mention, you know, multi-level marketing scams that just that people fall prey to so often. And I'm so glad that you brought up the the technological element of the fact that you know, people are being roped in and recruited online these days. There's a whole other element to recruitment for um, cults or MLMs that aren't happening necessarily face to face that are happening right from the comfort of your computer. Right. I mean, and this is something right after we finished our conversation with Rachel, Candace and I said to Mel, gosh, we felt like we could have discussed this for hours because there is so much information here. I'm so glad we touched just the basically the the very beginning of it all. I don't know about you. I'm totally open to having another episode on cults because this is fascinating. And just not only from us on a spiritual level, how they get involved, but a psychological level, there's so many different ways to become a victim of a cult. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did and got in information from it. If that's where you find yourself in life. Um, We have another awesome episode coming up next week and we'll see you then. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 